Welcome back to another edition of Broomsticks and Butterbeer. I am Dan Rhino. I'm Jessica Rhino. And we are rolling right along on Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. Going to talk about chapter three today. But uh, Jess, we are three chapters in here. Take a little while to get going. A little bit. I mean, it's only 30-something pages into the story. It's like when you take the lawnmower out of the shed for, like, it's been sitting there all winter. Yeah. And it never starts on the first try. Oh. Like, sometimes you got to, like, change the spark plug. You might have to change, like, the air filter. You might even have to change the oil. And then you got to, like... You got to put gas in it. You got to put fresh gas in it. If it's if there's gas that's been sitting in it all winter, oh. it's probably... It goes bad. You got to put fresh gas in it. Gas spoils? It does. Ew. Does it smell worse? I don't think it smells worse. I just don't think it works as well. It's like the chemical makeup of it breaks down or something like that huh we'll have an intern look it up so I, one of our many scientists that we have on retainer here at broomsticks and butterbeer i've never cut grass oh, trust me i know oh you just like, like to, even just, when i was younger watch me my brother cut grass cut the grass that was his job i just didn't have to do that that's how we met you saw me cutting grass well that's how I first saw you. We didn't meet that day. Oh, that's when you technically fell in love, though. <laughs> <laughs> like, who's that guy? Who's that guy out there? You're so, you're so superficial, Jess. There's more to me than just what's on the surface. Oh. <laughs> you're like really? <laughs> I didn't know that. But like I said, uh, it takes a little while to get like the the, the lawnmower started. It's like you got to take like seven, eight, nine poles of the the cord to get it going then and then you get going and it works great that's what i kind of think what this book is we're on like the the fourth or fifth pull of the lawnmower right now well, only the third pull because it's the third chapter yeah but we had to like go get new gas too and we had to like order a spark plug and wait for that to come in then we didn't have the tool to take the spark plug off it's ta- it's it's taking a while to get going i'm just saying yeah, it never really feels like it's going until Harry leaves the Dursleys. Hey, you got a timer on your uh, your phone over there? Yeah. Can you pull up a timer for me? Oh, all I'm right. Give me chap- a second. I'm going to recap chapter two, and I'm going to try to do it in 30 seconds or less. Timer. Oh, wait. How about the stopwatch? Stopwatch will work, too. Either one. All right. I'm ready when you are. I'm going to recap chapter two which was called The Scar, which is what we talked about last time. Tell me when I can go. Your mark, get set, go. Harry woke up from a vivid dream. The scar on his forehead is burning. We know that it wasn't a dream. It was Harry seeing Voldemort's actions hundreds of miles away. It is the summer after Harry's third year. Harry writes to Sirius asking about why his scar is burning. Sirius has delivered has letters delivered by Toucan Sam, the Fruit Loops mascot, and Harry is now allowed to keep his magic stuff in his room. Twenty-three point three eight seconds. That's how little happened in the last chapter, <laughs> D- despite the appearance by Toucan Sam. It doesn't call him that in the book. I almost said they're great. They're great. <laughs> but that's not Toucan no. Sam no, at all. No, that's not. That's Tony the Tiger. Did you know that the guy that did the voice of Tony the Tiger was also a wrestling, professional wrestling announcer? I did not. Yeah, there you go. A little fun facts for no one tell with fun Dan and Jess. Fun facts for everybody. So, Mark, wrestling down on your pop culture bingo. And cereal. If you have cereal. Oh, cereal. Cereal mascots <laughs> on your pop culture bingo board. Uh, today we're talking about Chapter 3, Jess, which is called The Invitation. And it's something that I kind of brought up on a couple of our recent episodes Ron was so gung-ho about having Harry over for the summer and hadn't invited him yet. And I kind of mentioned that. I thought it was kind of weird that he hadn't invited him yet. We finally get the invitation, the aforementioned invitation in this chapter. And here's what's going on. This is kind of another not a lot happening chapter. You don't got a lot of notes over there. And at the end of my notes, I have another chapter devoid of action kind of gearing us up for just changes in setting. So we need something to explain why the setting is going to change. 
And that's kind of what this chapter was. Yeah, and I think we're also just sticking with the theme that being at the Dursleys is boring and awful. <laughs> so this chapter and there's be boring nothing and awful. good happening. That's and not true. They, we, they don't even get food. We've had some crazy. <laughs> we've had some crazy chapters at the Dursleys before. Uh, a couple. <laughs> we've had the the whole Dobby nonsense. We had, uh, was it Aunt, Aunt Petunia? Aunt, Aunt Marge, yeah. I said, why did I say Aunt Petunia? Pe- who's, the, who's Petunia? The mom. Oh, Petunia's the mom, okay. So, yeah, I remember because there's, uh, there's a song on the soundtrack, Harry Potter soundtrack called Aunt Marge's Waltz. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's the song that they play when she's like floating away. Floating away. <laughs> so we've had some action at the at the Dursley household. And we had when the, when the initial uh, Hogwarts letters came and... They flooded the house at, at one point. So, see, you think that being at the Dursleys is sometimes interesting. We're trying to hit home that it's not. Okay. That's So she's just trying to remind you. Well, it'd be nice if Dobby could just show up and, you know. Wreak havoc again. Drop some pies and stuff. But speaking of pies, there are no pies in the house anymore, Jess. Not that, not that our, uh, no, there's no sweets that aren't being uh, hidden. Contraband. Away. We'll talk about the contraband sweets here in, in just a second. We open with breakfast with the Dursleys and Harry. And uh, why is everyone eating unsweetened grapefruit? This doesn't seem like a, a Dursley. And only a quarter of an <laughs> unsweetened grapefruit. A quarter of a rind of unsweetened like, grapefruit. Wait a minute. Like grapefruit, like in general, is healthy. Why can't you just have six grapefruit or something? You know, I don't see how that could. Is there such a thing as sweetened grapefruit? Yeah, you put like sugar on the top. Oh, so you would sweeten it. Yeah. Okay. Um, I didn't know if you could buy like sweetened grapefruit, like they inject the sugar into the middle of it with like hmm. a needle. I don't think so. I don't think you could talk know. to we'll your have one of those fr- no, your friend up. Jason, the produce manager. Uh, my friend Jason uh, is a produce produce manager at a local grocery store here in, in the St. Louis area called he, Schnucks. He did tell us about cotton candy grapes. Uh, so apparently they're super expensive, well, but apparently they're also expensive, delicious. So. But uh, I'll hit up Jason and ask him about uh, all about grapefruit. About report sweetened back, and unsweetened grapefruit. Report back to you on the next episode. <laughs> I'll consult my experts. I have a lot of experts here. Yeah. Associated with Broomsticks your and Butterbeer. Broomsticks and Butterbeer. Follow us on Twitter at BroomsticksB. Send us emails at broomsticks.butterbeer at gmail.com. And we're eating unsweetened grapefruit. Not even a lot of unsweetened grapefruit. And just the wedge. What's the whole? Why? Why? Why the big change in diet in the Dursleys? Because Dudley's fat. <laughs> <laughs> but we knew this all. No, along. he's even fatter. But we knew. No, this. no, fatter than that. But the parents were okay with that. Well, they can't find clothes to fit him anymore. Oh. He has to go. He's going to his special, special boys' school, and he can't get uniform pants that fit him anymore now i'm i'm going to say this because i was a former fat child myself not like this and i had to wear uh my mom had to order me special pants out of a uh, catalog they looked like jeans but they had an elastic waist yeah that's who you married yeah (laughs) just saying and i picked him out while he was cutting the grass shirtless so just saying yeah With, with my belly jiggling everywhere no oh that's not how it was. Oh, so you're saying you're misremembering. So you're saying that there's hope for Dudley yet. Anything's he, possible. I did not eat uh, a quarter of a slice of <laughs> unsweetened grapefruit though. I think I just like started running. Yeah. Well, do you see Dudley running? I don't. He doesn't even want to. He just eat the grapefruit. What if you hung like a cake on like a fishing pole in front? <laughs> that might work. On a treadmill. I don't think he's the brightest. <laughs> That's probably kind of. Very inconsiderate of me <laughs> to, to say that. <laughs> I, I apologize to anybody that may have been offended by that. We know we're in a, we're in a society where people get easily offended now. So I apologize to anybody who may be offended by that. We're torturing but, a fictional character. But try to get that picture out of your head now of Dudley on the treadmill with like a like a red, white, and blue like headband on. Why would it be red, white, and blue? Because that's just I always like when I imagine like a headband. I think like a like a. a tricolored or a dew-colored headband like very like 1970s I think ni- it would be smelting colors I don't know what those colors Ni- are but very that 1970s, would be 1980s 
You know. Ew, the short shorts. Yes. Oh. Yeah, you get more flexibility with the short shorts. I Jess. don't. I don't want to picture Dudley in the short shorts. Okay. Well, running let's not after judge, a cake. Let's not judge Dudley based on his body. That's kind of uh, superficial of you. But oh. that goes back to earlier, where. But I digress. So the whole family is participating in this diet, and I think the the whole reason this came about is Dudley got some poor marks at school this year. Yeah, they argued all of them away. They Well, they argued the grades away. Yeah, the grades. And they argued the, the bullying. bullying away. But the one thing they had indisputable proof from, and thank you, Jess, for off-air feeding me the word indisputable because I couldn't think <laughs> of it. I had to go to my wordsmith. I had to go to the Ravenclaw to give me indisputable the thing, one thing they had indisputable proof of was the a letter from the nurse that said that uh, Dudley is uh, very overweight. Uh, Which they would have argued right there. They just say, oh, he's big bone. Yeah. He's a growing boy. Ba- he needs lots the, of food. The baby fat hasn't burned off yet. The yeah. own puppy. The my pu- book said puppy fat. Maybe that's what mine was, too. <laughs> um, but the only thing they couldn't dispute like like you said was the fact that there's no clothes that fit him so you can make excuses for a lot of the things that Dudley has has gotten negative feedback from the school from but the one thing that you cannot you can't you can't make the clothes (laughs) company make bigger clothes you can't make them do it she probably did write him a letter though yeah have you have you really tried to get him into those pants have you considered that, you know, today's youth need bigger pants and you should start marketing bigger now, I, pants? Now, I will say, I've had this a similar conversation recently. What? About the, everything now here in 2020, all, it, everything is slim fit. I've talked to you uh-huh. about this. Like the suit jackets, I go to buy a suit jacket or I go to buy, you know, pants. The skinny jeans are real big are you know big right now with millennials and yeah your brother my brother and everything is is slim fit but my generation our generation we grew up playing outside we grew up running around and riding bikes and i think over time when technology has has increased and, and, and the availability um, of technology. Their muscle mass has diminished? I think so. I think the generations, us being like Generation X, and then you go to, you know, to the, the I guess, uh, the millennials would be next, and then Generation uh, Y, and then Generation Z, Z I think. And then yeah. I don't know what's going to come after Z, because they're going to run out of letters. <laughs> I guess they've, they've probably already named it. We just, I just... Don't know. Don't, I just... I'm too dumb to know what it is. But, like, I've got big legs. Like, my my thighs can't fit into skinny jeans. <laughs> you know, I, I, you know, I'm not, my, my body is not, you know, built. That like, shape. Like a 12-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> Which is the classic millennial body. Well, Dan, we've also had this discussion multiple times. I rode my bike everywhere mm-hmm. and we would just go out and like, Hey, let's just go ride bikes. And we would just go out and hit all, like all our friends' houses that we, and they were spread out. Mm-hmm. I went to a private school, so we didn't have to be in a certain district. Mm-hmm. So and we mile, would, miles of road, miles work. and miles of road work. <laughs> Lance Armstrong over <laughs> here. And so I have freakishly, obnoxiously, ginormous calves yeah you always brag about your no calf it's, i don't brag about it, i complain about You're it like, oh my 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 enormous calves are just they don't oh, fit they in don't. jeans in boots like you nothing see, you see, I tr- i've tried to buy you like uh the the thigh high like really cool like, yeah the ra- really cool raven socks. claw socks Can't and wear stuff em. like that uh like i found you like some robin ones that had capes on them and yep you, you couldn't wear them can't wear them freakishly large calves it's really annoying but it's, you know, <laughs> it's kind of a similar thing, but it's not because we're just, you know, severely obese like like Dudley. It's 
ours is more of, I think, a generational thing in that, you know, um, our friend uh, Brian Hoffman, shout out to Brian, he, I think he called it like uh, like soccer soccer hips or something like that. He said he's got like soccer hips. Yeah, um, I remember this. He, he told me that it was a conversation we had online when I, I, I posted something about, you know, slim fit being the standard now, which it's, it's, it's hard for me to find you know, things that, that are cut the way that I, that I want them to be cut because like my body's just not shaped that way. Yeah. Cause that's not the trend right now. Right. So, you know, it's, things aren't made for us, for our generation. They're made for millennials. And then what's, I don't know. I don't even know what's going to come next. You know, toothpick jeans. <laughs> just oh, toothpick God. jeans. <laughs> so, you know, I know our friend Jennifer in California mentioned that that I like to go d- dive deep into the weeds sometime and go way, bit. way okay. off topic. But but she also mentioned she gets bingo all the time. Yeah, uh, she also mentioned that I'm super funny. So oh, did she? She did. Where was I for that? You were there, and I, and you I don't said think I was. and you said that. You said, don't get too big of a head. Jennifer likes everything. She does like everything. So you don't think it's that I'm actually really funny. It's just that Jennifer likes everything. Jennifer likes everything. Okay. Well, agree to disagree. <laughs> so, the whole, But the whole family's participating in this diet. Rabbit food, as Vernon calls Rabbit it. Food. Even Vernon's having to eat his... He gets the bigger slice of the grapefruit. But even Vernon has to eat the, the grapefruit. So... He probably, you think he resents Dudley a little bit? Because normally Dudley could do no wrong. No, I think he just stops at the pastry shop on his way to work. Okay. Well, he se- I mean, he seems upset by it. Well, it is inconvenient that he isn't getting a plate full of bacon and toast and whatever. He and said he they got rid of all the fizzy drinks and the fizzy sweets. Fizzy drinks. I love fizzy drinks, by the way. <laughs> love fizzy drinks. Uh... And this is, Harry's, you know, he's used to getting the, the bare minimum. But Harry has found a way to not really follow this weird diet. Explain uh, the... It's working the system. Explain the incognito nature of Harry's uh, sweet consumption. Yeah, I was a little slightly confused here. I mean, it was a great idea. I just don't think he executed it just right. Yeah. So, so apparently, he writes to all of his friends and says, oh, my God, they're going on a diet here. I'm going to starve. Send me food. Which, you know, he sends, sends a letter to Hermione, and she sends back sugar-free sweets. That's Parents okay. They're dentists. That happens. Sugar-free is not necessarily bad. No. There's some stuff that can be that can be good. It's just not as good. Yeah. Then, um, you know... The Weasleys hook him up. That's great. That was a smart move. Mm-hmm. But he writes to Hagrid. Why would he write what to Hagrid? Rock cakes. Rock cakes. <laughs> and he even says he doesn't eat them because he's familiar with Hagrid's cooking. Then why did you write to him? I don't know. He was probably just uh, distraught and just reaching out for any helping hand that he could get. Uh, he did get a uh, pretty nice little uh, birthday cake, though, didn't birthday he? Birthday cake stash. He got mm. four birthday cakes. Nice. And he keeps them. Here's my issue. <laughs> Was this going to be your issue, issue no. too? The no. storage of, no. of said I mean, cakes? I questioned the so- storage in my head while I was reading, but because I was more annoyed with the letter to Hagrid. I, see, I was more worried about him keeping this uh, What's what's perishable, keeping the, these perishable foods under the floorboards of his bedroom yes i mean there's no tupperware that we know of maybe it's magical tupperware there's no refrigeration you don't have to refrigerate cake it stays better it stays good longer but you don't have to refrigerate yeah yeah you don't but if you if you leave (laughs) a cake out and with, with no kind of covering or anything like that you got maybe a day or two before that thing's just lost all its moisture and it's hard as a rock. Rock cakes. Rock cakes. That's how Hagrid makes his rock cakes. <laughs> Those are just old cakes. It's just old cakes. Um, yeah, I thought that was a little odd. But I was like, well, maybe he's eating them fast enough that it doesn't really matter. 
He says he has two more, but now we find out he's leaving anyway, so who cares? What's your favorite kind of cake? Marble. You like marble kind of icing? Vanilla. Vanilla. I so marble cake with vanilla icing. I'm usually a vanilla icing guy, but for some reason, our friend Barbara uh, used to always make me a cake for my birthday. And I she would make yellow cake with chocolate frosting, just like the Bet Betty Crocker like box cake. And it was always like the tastiest thing ever. And I don't know why, because I'm, I'm always, usually vanilla over chocolate frosting. Frosting. But for some reason, that just like yellow cake with chocolate frosting was just like mind blowing. I want to try the thing that's going around Facebook where you bake the cake and use a soda. Mm hmm. And that flavor is like a root beer mm -hmm. cake. I think that would taste great. I'm sure there's probably like some butter beer cake recipes out there. Mm. I saw, uh, speaking of our friend Jason, who works at the local grocery store, he sent me a picture of their ad for um, gooey butter cake ice cream, which is a St. Louis uh, St. Louis treat here, delectable treat, gooey butter yeah. cake. Nobody else knows what that yeah, is. Gooey butter. Except for Jennifer, and that's only because she Louis, knows us. Hit us up. We'll, uh, we'll meet you for a slice of gooey butter cake some, somewhere. Uh, we know a couple good spots. Yeah, but our favorite spot's always sold out. Uh, about 50% of the time. Yeah. It's about 50-50. It's about uh, but I'll bet there's other spots we haven't been to. We should, uh, once I get my post-COVID taste back, we should... Uh, go on a butter on cake a tour. Butter cake tour of, uh, gooey butter cake tour of St. Louis. I'm okay with that. Uh, something weird happens. The mailman rings the doorbell to deliver and personally deliver an envelope to Vernon Dursley, and that's not something that mailmen usually do. Normally they just stick it in the slot or stick it in the mailbox, but this mailman thought that it was peculiar enough to ring the doorbell and personally hand this envelope to Vernon Dursley, and why is that? Ah, oh, Daniel, because the envelope, nearly every inch of it was covered in stamps. <laughs> <laughs> I am sad, so, okay, I was reading the regular edition, like, uh, it's, not, it's not a first edition, but you know what I mean, like the first mm -hmm. printing. Print, yeah, first uh, run. First run, uh, hardback. And in that, it has the little pictures. Mm -hmm. And in my new one that I just got from you recently, the, uh, the Ravenclaw edition. Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire Ravenclaw edition. Thank you very much. Which I bought from an Brit online British bookstore. That book is super British. Super British. It does not have the pictures. Mm. I was a little sad. Do you have the pictures in your new edition? Mm-mm. Yeah. I mean, you mean the picture at like... At the, the beginning of the chapter. Yeah, I got that. I don't. I'm sad now. Yeah, take a look at mine. See what it, I saw it in the the one before I switched. You're talking about just like a little tiny picture, like yeah. right at the... Yeah. Right at, right at the beginning of the chapter. Mm. Mm -hmm. So you got the little envelope with all the stamps on it. I don't have that. We, I need to bring home the... Uh, Goblet of Fire Illustrated Edition. I wonder what that looks like with, the, with all the stamps on it. I've got pretty little stars, but there's no picture. You can't have it all, Jessica. Fine. Maybe it's a bootleg copy I bought. <laughs> Unofficial. But the letter was from Molly Weasley, and I, in the letter it actually said, I hope I put enough, enough stamps, stamps on, on here because she's not really sure how muggle mail works. But the letter was... For Vernon. It was very well done. Mm -hmm. She was like, I we haven't officially met, but you probably heard of me from or my son from Harry and and if it if it's alright with you, we would like to to take Harry to the Quidditch World Cup. It's a once in a lifetime opportunity. Britain hasn't hosted it in thirty years. This would be a great opportunity. He'd have so much fun. And we'll keep him for the rest of the summer mm -hmm. and see him safely yeah, back, we'll to sure he gets back to school. We'll take care of all of this. So, Vernon was very upset, though, when when the letter came. He's very upset because he felt that the actions of Molly and the and the her proclivity for using a enormous amount of stamps it jeopardized their normalness. Right. He's worried about drawing any kind of weird attention, right? Yes. They have to be picture perfect, textbook normal. But he's so he's so 
angry at, at Harry about it. Yeah, and I wonder, like, I kind of wonder what he was like before he was introduced to the wizarding world. Mm-hmm. Like, is he just so f- obsessive and freakishly careful because he does have a connection and he doesn't want some, like, you know, he has a secret and he doesn't want anybody to find out. So is he extra? <gasps> or was he like this before where he had to have everything be perfect mm-hmm. and normal? Yeah, once he wants to give all, give the the impression that he there's nothing strange about because yeah and you know a lot of a lot of people are like that they don't like things that are different mm-hmm. or you know or things think that about are like, weird or people that are different like the, the old-fashioned sitcom family mm-hmm. you know that they were always perfect yeah. the, the woman was always making dinner at five o'clock and the kids were always well ter- cared for and yeah. groomed and the house I was always perfect family yeah that Jim, kind Jim of thing Cleaver. was he just always obsessively striving towards that or is it more because he has something to hide now uh, vernon has a crisis either way here he can, on one hand, he can get rid of Harry two weeks earlier than expected. Yay! Because he can't stand having Harry around the house. He doesn't care about Harry. He doesn't like Harry. He can get Harry out of his hair two weeks earlier than expected. <laughs> you said Harry out of his hair. I know I did. <laughs> You're on such the other a dork. hand, if he does that, that would make Harry happy. Yeah. And that Gosh. would take away ruin everything. his ability to keep Harry unhappy by not letting him go. And there was a funny part to me, and I don't know if you, you found humor in it like I did, but while Vernon's deciding this, he keeps asking wizarding type questions to Harry. That he then, doesn't really want to know the answer And then to. gets upset when he gets <laughs> wizarding type answers. He goes, well, what is this Quidditch anyway? Yeah, I felt like he was, like, he couldn't help himself from doing the parent role thing. You know, again, when we were kids, Mm -hmm. if you wanted to go out for the evening, you had to ask permission. Whose house are you going to? Whose house are you going to? Who is going to be there? Are the parents going to be home? What's the phone number? Give it to me. And can I call them now Mm -hmm. and double check that you're telling the truth, essentially? And and I feel like he was kind of fell into that role and was doing it. But at the same time, I couldn't see him doing that for Dudley, like mm-hmm. Dudley, just Dudley does whatever he wants, whenever he wants, comes and goes as he pleases. So it was just weird, but I felt like that's what he was doing. Well, what is this Quidditch? Like, who will be at this concert? Mm-hmm. Who will be at this party? What is this Quidditch? Right, and then when he gets the the answers that he wants, he immediately, oh no, I don't want it. No, no I don't. No, no, I don't want to hear about it. I don't want to talk well, about it. You, he wanted it in very non-wizard terms. Well, it's a sport. Harry has this trump card that we became aware of at the end of the last book. It was mentioned in the last chapter of this book, and it comes up again here. And that trump card is the serious black factor. Did you know that my godfather is a mass murderer? On the run from the law. Oh, that trump card. And he loves me. So there's yet another instance of Harry using the threat of Sirius over Vernon in this chapter where Vernon can't decide one way or another. It seems like he's kind of leaning because he's asking questions. So it seems like he's kind of leaning toward letting Harry go. At mm-hmm. least that was my impression. It seems like he was like 65% letting him go. And then Harry just kind of gets tired of getting yelled at about mentioning or about answering questions that he was asked honestly and says okay fine I can't go can I go upstairs because I got to finish writing this letter to Sirius you know my godfather the mass murderer <laughs> and on then the run that of course you know playing that trump card triggers the reaction in Vernon that yeah I should probably let this kid go mm-hmm because we know it just kind of tips the scale he was wanting to let him go anyway right there was just something holding him back which was it would make harry happy yeah that's the thing to help him back he's like the fact that he's a jerk (laughs) okay you can go that just tipped the scale so harry is going to be heading off to the weasleys he's going to be heading to the quidditch world cup but jessica who is pig 
<laughs> Pig is the little teeny tiny, teeny tiny owl that uh, Ron got at the end of the last book mm -hmm. from Sirius. And, um, the, yeah. The little owl that could. The little owl that could. <laughs> It's like our dog Nightwing. He's so but he's so proud big <laughs> and so determined to do his job and so appreciative of, of feedback and just wants to make you happy. So he brings a letter from Ron, the letter that Harry been kind of waiting on, the one that said, "We have the tickets. We're coming to get you." And it kind of explains, "Hey, Mom wrote the." Wrote the Muggles a letter. Went and through she the, the sent proper them, channels. Yeah, she mm -hmm. thought it would be best. But she also said we were coming to get you either, either way. way. Yep. So, but at least we asked. Mm -hmm. um, and so he just said, let us know what they said, but we're coming no matter what. Yeah. So let us know if we need to pick you up at the front door. Or, or let you know if we need to pick you up at the window. Do we need to keep the engine running <laughs> or what do we need to do? Can you... This is something that's that's kind of been under the radar, but it but it I've, it's drawn enough notice for me to say something. Hedwig gets very <laughs> I don't I don't and I wrote down jealous, but I wrote down it down in in quotation marks because I don't really know if jealous is the word. Hedwig gets very snooty when there's other owls around or other even sometimes I think of sometimes even other animals that drew that we're getting attention. Or yeah, she's just very possessive of Harry's attention. So what's that all about? I don't know. <laughs> she's just always kind of been that way. Like, she's kind of like the jealous girlfriend. She is not having any of this pig stuff, just flying around like a uh, like a hummingbird with their heart beating, you know, 300 beats a minute. Just, hey, 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 I got a letter for you, and I can take it back for you, and, and hey, hey, I'm here, here, here. She's, but I think it just shows the difference in... I'm gonna say their personality, but also like their breed. What do you call different, different breeds of owls? I don't know. Different types of owls. We, we dogs. Have a, so we have an owl guy on retainer here. I can. All right. Well, we'll ask check him with him later. So she is this big, beautiful, white, snowy owl, which is also kind of different than like most owls are gonna be browns, blacks, grays. She's something else. Thanks. All, all on her own. Very she, highly of yeah. herself. So I just, it would make sense that she would have that kind of personality to match where she's this, uh, above everybody, but Harry, but she needs Harry's attention. Well, Harry is, uh, sends word back to the Weasleys via Hedwig, right? No, pig. But pig. But then he tells Hedwig that, or, or does he let Hedwig, Hedwig? He yeah, said, Hedwig sends the letter to Sirius. Sirius. That's right. And, and he says, says don't I'll come back at, here. I'll be at the Weasleys. And, and she's Hedwig's probably like, like right, yeah, I know. Yeah, cool. Yeah, she I know. knows these things. I know. You I know. tell me. I'm not pig. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> pig, you have to sit down. Okay, pig. I'm going to need you to do this. No. Nope. Are you focusing? A focus. Yep. yep focus. Yep. Uh -huh, nope. Uh -huh. Right yep. here. Right here. <laughs> Look at me. So Harry's off to the Weasleys for the Quidditch Cup. I believe uh, the next chapter is like back to the burrow or something like that. Uh, so we're gonna get get another uh, peek at the uh, the Weasleys' uh, place of residence, which is always fun. Yes, the burrow is. Because last time we were, you know, picking you know, punt kicking garden gnomes and <laughs> <laughs> twirling. You gotta spin them first. So they get real dizzy. <laughs> get real dizzy, and then assault them. Oh. <laughs> get, get them out of your. Uh, uh, get them out of your garden. So another chapter, like I said, devoid of action, kind of just gearing us up for what is coming next. Uh, anything else you want to say about chapter three? Because I do have an email. No, I want to get to the email. Okay, before we get to the email, can we give a shout out to our friends at the People's Trivia Company? Oh, yes. But uh, they do uh, an awesome job. They're based in California, and they normally do like bar trivia every week but with the the coronavirus pandemic that we've got going on right now they have not been able to to do their regular uh, bar trivia uh, assignments each week so they're doing online trivia on youtube for free and it's, which has been really fun it's we've been very we've fun. been like getting a bunch of people on facetime together and uh kind of like make making lots of connections people that don't mm -hmm. normally 
chit chat or yeah. are on our so FaceTime we, together. Yeah, so you can, you know, a lot. Some people would might use Zoom or Skype. Uh, we just use FaceTime. Yeah, Facebook does a yeah, a face, group Facebook video Messenger chat too. Has one too. Even if you don't have Facebook account, you can uh, send the link to people and they and they can join that way. And there's like Discord and you know all kinds of like online gaming things that people normally use, but. You know, they you can follow along. Uh, they do trivia Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday nights uh, at seven o'clock Pacific time, which is for us nine o'clock Central time. For our friend Kelly in New York, it's <laughs> ten o'clock late. Eastern time. <laughs> By the time we get done, it's pretty late. But we've had uh, we've had some games this past week where we've had uh, Jennifer out in Orange County. Mm-hmm. We've had uh, my sister in Colorado Springs. We've had us in St. Louis, Missouri. We've had uh, Kelly in New, New York. York. We've had Anastasia in, in the village. In, in some in her little in tiny a, village. Apparently, she lives in the uh, <laughs> provincial village that Belle lives. They in. don't have a grocery <laughs> store anymore. I imagine uh, Anastasia's a big book reader too. I imagine her going to the book, or <laughs> going to the uh, the bookstore. <laughs> You've read that twice. <laughs> I only don't have a bookstore. There's nothing there. It's just like four houses. I want adventure in the great white somewhere. <laughs> Poor Asia. She tried. She went to school. She went away to school to um, Tucson. <laughs> but coronavirus sent her right back her to back. her village. <laughs> back to your village. <laughs> I wanted more than I can tell. I wonder who the is there a Gaston in her vi- in the in her village and are I they? I don't know. We might are, have to ask her. And tonight. are they taking applications? <laughs> <laughs> go, we could go live in Anastasia's village, but isn't it cold up there? Like a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Never mind. We're not yeah. going to Anastasia's village. Yeah, but it is. So uh, shout out to our friends at the People's Trivia Company. They are, I believe, if you just type in People's Trivia on YouTube, you'll find their YouTube page and. They go live. You just follow along. They send you the link for how to submit your answers, and the next day you can find out how you did. We're currently in the middle of Trivia Olympics right now, Jessica. Woo-hoo. Day five is tonight. It, it's it's been hard. It has been, but it's been like, fun. Some of it was easy, and then some of it was really hard. And that's the good thing about trivia. You know, it's not all easy. It's not all difficult. If you get a team together, you got you know different uh, things of expertise on your mm-hmm. team there. So shout out to our friends at the People's Trivia Company. You can follow they're on Twitter, they are on Facebook, but uh, the main thing you want to subscribe to is on YouTube so you know when the new games are coming up. And they said they're going to keep these games going as long as they have to. You know, I assume when they get back to their regular lives, whatever regular is going to be for all of us, that they may not have time to do the, the online games, uh, at least not as often. But for right now, it's a nice little escape, and it's something I look forward to. Uh, sometimes they do themed games. Uh, they, we, coming we, up this they Sunday. did a Harry Potter themed game that we did pretty well at, thanks to Kelly. Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> thanks to Kelly. Our, yeah. our when we say Kelly will let us know, she will let us know. She knows everything. She does. So we try to get the answer on our own, and if we don't know it, Kelly just tells it to us. And if Kelly doesn't know it, then nobody knows it. Unless it's a specific movie thing. Oh, yeah. Kelly's Late kinda, movies. Kind of anti-movie. Late movies. Kind of anti-movie. She likes the first two. Well, speaking of movies. Yes? We got an email from Vicky. Vicky's up in... Hi, Tor- Vicky. She's up in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Oh, it's cold up there, too. I'm not going there. We're going international, baby. Ooh. And Vicky writes, At all, after the Fantastic Beasts movie series is complete... Oh, yeah, Kelly won't watch those either. What other original spinoff stories that Kelly won't watch would you <laughs> like? I added that part. Does she know Kelly? <laughs> she does not. Oh. What other, well, if she listens to this podcast, she knows Kelly kind of. Kind of. She showed up on one of them. By proxy. Oh, we need to do that. We need to start getting people Skyped in. Uh, after the Fantastic Beast movie series is complete, what other original spinoff stories would you like to see? Prequels, sequels, or totally tangential adventures. So I got a, a couple that I wrote down, and I want to see if, uh, while you're thinking about it, you can kind of uh, pop in on these. Okay. I have not read Cursed Child because uh, I'm obviously on, not that far. Uh, n- <laughs> not, not to that book yet. Would you like to see a motion picture version of Cursed Child? 
I would not like to be anywhere near Kelly in a world where there's a motion picture version of Cursed Child. She hates it. Interesting. So she hates I'm, the book or she hates the play? Cause she, she both? Because she saw the play, too, uh, I believe. Yeah. I, I, the, I, there's, she, I just don't think she likes the, mo- the story. Um, another, another one that I kind of wrote down, to my understanding, you can, you can correct me if I'm wrong. To my understanding, muggles used to be aware of magic, right? That's vaguely alluded to. Right. Like, they, they never really confirm or explain that I know of. See, that's what I thought. I in thought the that, main like, series. The, the, that muggles used to be familiar with magic and that there was some kind of, like... Well, I think in stories... Treaty or something like that. In stories like this, in other YA fiction and stuff, it's usually referred to, like, tied into, like, the Salem Witch Trial times. Mm-hmm. Because in, in real history there are these pockets of times when people believe in witchcraft and are burning witches at the stake and things like that so i think it's just taking something that's real and kind of tying it together to kind of explain those things in our history i would like to if that if that is the case i would like to see kind of how the world was like when muggles were aware of magic but they hated them well i'm sure not all but i think but that's a compelling some. story i think that's a compelling story you know if you know how if the you know if there was some kind of like agreement made or if there was some kind of uh obliviate you know done like uh like in the fantastic beast movie where they had it in the rain mm-hmm. you know and then anybody that was rained on for god well and i thought that was interesting I was trying to remember where it's at in the book, but it's uh, it's not a spoiler because it was in Prisoner of Azkaban that the Muggle Prime Minister was also notified mm-hmm. about Sirius. And I thought that was kind of neat how it's kind of a, a secret. Yeah. The, only the top in right. command like get to fi- know Area about. 51. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, the president book mm-hmm. from uh, National Treasure. Mm-hmm. The, only the president like gets to know secrets. what's in yeah. the book. Yeah. Exactly. That's, that's see, that's, I like that. I think that's that could <laughs> that could and we could cross it over with National Treasure and just have Nicolas Cage do it. There you go. Somehow. Somehow. Uh, what about the Voldemort backstory? What about seeing like we've got glimpses of it in in this book in the first chapter. We learn a little bit about the Riddle family and the thing that happened, you know, 50 years ago. And kind of tying that into, we got, we got, we got a little bit of the, of the Riddle backstory in uh, Chamber of Secrets. Mm-hmm. But t- seeing how that flowed into the Wizarding War, which the first wi- ri- Wizarding War apparently... That's how the. That's why the Order of the Phoenix was formed, correct? Yes. That's why the Ministry was formed, I believe. I thought the Ministry was around. Okay. See, that's why. That's like the government. That's why I have you here. (laughs) But to my understanding, that was like in the 1970s. So that would be like a like a kind of a cool period piece. Like the the new Wonder Woman movie is going to take place in the 1980s, which I think is kind of cool because you know you you go back and you see like remember you know what the world was like around that time but you know 1970s you're thinking of like you know disco and and stuff like that and bell bottoms and you know you know peace love and hair grease and i i think that that would you know tying that in uh would be kind of cool you know kind of see that as like a period piece and kind of go from like the voldemort backstory to the wizarding war all the way up to basically where the first book starts you know kind of all the you know you can even take it all the way up to uh harry in the in the bedroom you know with the with voldemort and the you know the curse doubling back on him well the when you first said it one of the first things i thought of was like his parents story and some of the things you've mentioned we do get more of as we go on um, and I thought about the parents' story 
uh, like I said, that's the first thing I thought of. And that kind of ties in with what you're saying, you know, leading up to Harry in the bedroom. But I don't know. I think sometimes those are hard to do because you know the ending. Mm -hmm. It's hard to keep it interesting. I'll I'll give you an example, though, that Rogue One, the Star Wars movie, Mm -hmm. I thought was really well done. Yes. And And it's all about stealing the plans to the Death Star and delivering them to Princess Leia so that she can basically uh, rally up the rebellion. Mm-hmm. We know how the story's going to end. We know they get the plans to her. We just don't know how it got there. But the fact that that it goes all the way up to that very last, uh, the very last scene is basically almost the, the, leads right into the first scene of Star Wars Episode Four which was the first Star Wars movie release. I thought they just did such a good job with that. Even knowing where it's going to go, I thought that it it was such a fun movie and and really well done. I thought that it was well done, and I thought that it... I hate to say fun, because there was a lot of downers in there. But it's like a heist movie, and heist movies are usually fun. Fun. That part is fun. But that's also what I'm thinking about when you're doing like the parents one it's like you know where it's going and it's not going to be good the ending is going to be very downer sad so I think it would be hard to I mean they did it with Rogue One Mm -hmm. I I loved that movie but I think it's the same thing but I think it would be a a hard thing to make work yeah but you know like with Star Wars you know all these other things are all these other bad things are coming too but you know you're eventually you know going to get you know, to a, to a good place, mm-hmm. at least for a little while, <laughs> until the next intergalactic civil war starts. <laughs> till till the next year at Hogwarts. But I I don't know. I just that's just an idea. You can mm-hmm. shoot me down if you want, but <laughs> I'm not shooting you down. I'm just saying I think it would be hard to do. Uh, what about? I've got one more here. What about the other? We we see what happens at Hogwarts every year. What about the other schools? That, that was like there? the second idea I had. I was like, oh, I'd love to see the other schools. Because I think J.K. Rowling said that there's 13 magical schools around the world. And we're going to meet a couple of them in this book. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, <laughs> I don't remember their names. <laughs> oh. Derns. Dernstrom. And I can never say the girls one. It's like books. I don't know. Yeah. That's the one I usually remember is the girls one. <laughs> I never remember the girls' one. But I think I think that would be kind of cool, you know, follow these other mm-hmm. schools. I don't know if they have the Dark Lord attack well, in the school every year, but... And I thought we were going to get, when they started with the Magical Beasts, and maybe we will, I thought we were going to get more of the American school. Like, mm-hmm. on Pottermore, you could, like, be sorted into your American school. Mm-hmm. And so I thought that might be kind of cool. But at the same time, I also feel like it's not going to live up. No, visiting any of these other schools is just not going to live up to Hogwarts. British people are just better at acting, Jess. Oh, and building schools. The British invented acting. So. Acting. It's it's like kind of like, you, you know, a movie that's set in a British school is just going to be better than a movie set in an American school just because the British are just better at acting. I don't know what to tell you. So, that... I think it'd be interesting to see the American one, but I still feel like it would be really hard to, for it to not feel like a knockoff, you know? Mm-hmm. That's, I think, that a lot of people, why they have the problem with the Fantastic Beast movies. They just kind of feel like it's just like diet, the Diet Coke version, you know? It's just, it's okay. Like, if you're thirsty, it's not as good as sugary yeah. Coke with that, with that good high fructose corn syrup in it. Woo! Um... So, I don't know. I think the best bet might be to go, like, a totally separate story, mm-hmm. but still set in the wizarding world. I, I don't know what you would do, but I don't know. I feel like if you're too closely tied in, it's just going to feel like a knockoff. So, you have to do something completely. What about, like, Rita Skeeter, like, looking for the scoop? Looking for the scoop. She's like Lois Lane of the wizarding world. <laughs> no, she's the worst. <laughs> The worst. Uh, you mentioned one earlier that you said you wanted to see. You mentioned earlier in this episode. 
What did I say? You wanted to see the pre. You wanted to see the Vernon oh, Dursley Vernon. story. Well, I w- I just want to know. I don't want to like watch no, two hours of it, it or anything. It's already in production. <laughs> our we know our our electronic devices are always listening to us. Netflix has already greenlit it. Oh, it I don't want to watch like two and a half hours of. It's coming, baby. I don't know what to tell you. You put that out into the universe, oh. you deal with the consequences. I don't have to watch it. But you can't would. make me. You would. You totally would. I would. They'd slap Harry Potter on anything. I'd make you watch it too. Yeah, I'd watch it. I do a pretty successful Harry Potter podcast, so I got to keep up on on all. Is the it dish. more successful than mine? I would say it's equally successful. Oh, okay. I think that's a safe thing to yeah, say. Yeah, I would say they're pretty pretty similar. Neck and neck? Pretty similar. Uh, I think that's it. Any, any, uh, that's it for me. Do you have any other? Because I was kind of just talk, talking over you, throwing ideas at you. Um, no, I think I got my point across. I mean, I had some of the same ideas you had, but then I had concerns about each of those ideas. Well, keep sending us emails. We love discussion topics like this, especially when we have, we have kind of a, a slower chapter kind of having a you know a discussion email on there or you know just an idea yeah. of, a, of a topic there to talk about kind of uh, you know makes it a, makes it a little bit more interesting I think so you can send us those emails broomsticks.butterbeer at gmail.com or tweet us at broomsticks b that's broomsticks followed by the letter b no underscores no spaces anything like that uh, you can follow me on twitter at dan rhino as d-a-n-r-y-n-o you can follow her on twitter at jess rhino Yep. For uh, all your your favorite book reviews and uh, well, I haven't done any book reviews for a while because I'm working my way through the Percy Jackson books. Mm-hmm. Confession. Never read them before. Even Sorry. Sorry. I know some people are going to be disappointed about that, but I haven't. I, um, didn't, I hadn't. I didn't watch Firefly for a long time. I felt like I had to. I almost mm-hmm. had to turn in my geek card. And not a couple years Firefly. ago, I watched Fire. I had to watch Firefly, and it turns out it was great. I haven't watched Buffy the Vampire Slayer though. I think that's the next. Uh, the uh, if I don't watch that within the next year or two, the uh, geek police are going to come and confiscate all my comic books. Um, so I'm listening to the audiobooks for Percy Jackson. You keep saying Percy Jackson. Jackson. No, <laughs> I said Jackson the first time. That time you said I Percy made Jackson sure. and you were going to say something else. I was. Percy uh, Jackson. You're confi- confusing him with Stacy Jackson. I do it all the uh, time. One of the main characters all from the, the time. Uh, rock opera, Rock of Ages. Yes, I combine Percy Jackson and Stacy Jacks. I don't know why my brain does this, but <laughs> I think it started just to annoy you. So you'd be like, no, that's not it. But it's stuck. So now it's stuck there. Um, so I'm listening to the audiobooks. I I don't think that I would recommend the audiobooks. I've listened to you listen to the <laughs> audiobooks. And it sounds like, you know, like in Mrs. Doubtfire, when Robin Williams is trying to sound like a lady. Yeah. And it sounds so fake that there's no way that anybody could believe that. Yeah. The person who's doing the audiobooks now... Far be it for me to criticize something that I would also be awful at. But I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> because it's not. It's like, oh, no. <laughs> that's when he. Now, that, that's a horse talking. That that voice that you're talking about. And I can't stand it. Oh, no. His name's Blackjack. And it's a, pe- a Pegasus. And he can talk to Percy through his mind. And it's the Percy. worst, <laughs> worst voice I'm ever. I'm hungry. Exactly. I'm just, and then his brother, who's a cyclops, or his half brother, who's a cyclops. You know, he he's the From one. The X Men? No, no, not that. Dude, this book sounds <laughs> awesome. <laughs> he talks like really slow and dumb, Percy. That's just like, oh my god. I get what he's trying to do. I just, I just don't like it. You. You respect it, but you respect the effort. You res- yeah, you he's putting. He is putting in the you effort. You can't knock the hustle, but you just don't like the, the, the finished product. Yeah, yeah, it's a bit much. But I, could, it's also much more for children than what I typically read, mm-hmm. and it's not. I don't think 
I was curious if it would progress like the Harry Potter books did. You know, the first two Harry Potter books are m much more children, mm -hmm. directed towards very, not very small children, yeah, but business, children. Business, business about to pick up in this book. Yeah, we're getting, it's getting thicker and thicker. But the Percy Jackson books don't do that, and they don't really seem to be, the content doesn't really seem to be elevating either. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, they're fine. They're good. Anastasia's gonna cry because it's like her favorite ever. But is it? Be, and is, if I read it when I was younger, maybe. But it's just not as are the stakes, captivating for me. Are the stakes elevating in each book? Because that's kind of what happens in in Harry Potter and why it kind of gets darker and more adult is that the the stakes get higher. You know. Well, I mean, yeah, they're about to destroy the world if he doesn't save the world, but. I don't know. I mean, I don't want to make it sound like, say it sounds less real because it's like, because <laughs> <laughs> it's wizards and witches. Somehow Harry Potter can feel very real to One you. One of the teachers in the first book had the Dark Lord in his head. In his turban. But that was the little kid books. <laughs> no, this is like. There's a tree that is a former heavyweight boxing champion in these books. That's not true. Well, there's a tree that used to be a little girl in the other books. Wow. Yeah. She sacrificed her life. I don't really like that. I'd rather just go back to and like she becomes a tree. Cyclops and the Pegasus and <laughs> the rest of the X-Men, Wolverine, those guys. <laughs> Wolverine's not in it. Not yet. You haven't read all the books. He does have a pet hellhound now, though. Whoa. I don't know if you could say that on this, on this <laughs> show. It's the Greek gods and goddesses. Okay, well. I don't judge anybody's religion, so I don't know about that. Okay. So anyway, I haven't posted a lot of book reviews because I've been working my way through that, plus dealing with my H.H. H. Holmes obsession. Mm -hmm. yeah, you're kind of on a serial killer <laughs> right now. It's worrying me a little bit. It's balance, babe. I'm reading the, Perc the Percy Jackson books and about serial killers. Kind of like... I'm balancing things out. Sleep with one eye open, <laughs> gripping your pillow tight. Yeah, I'm, I'm watching you. I'm on to you. No, you sleep really hard. That's true. You're, you're out. out. You're out. I could do anything. You could. You don't you even could. know. You wouldn't even know. I wouldn't need to run a gas line into our bedroom so that I could gas you while you were sleeping. Yikes. On that note, that's been Broomsticks <laughs> and Butterbeer. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, text me or message me every once in a while just to make sure I'm okay. <laughs> He's fine. Uh, Nothing's going to happen. gmail.com. I need him to cut the grass. Uh, send me messages just <laughs> every once in a while just to check on me, check on my well-being. <laughs> and if I'm not okay, I will give you the safe word, which I cannot say out loud or else Jess would know. How do they? Is. How are they going to know? They'll know. Is it going to be my, Hufflepuff? I think like the fans connect. Is it Hufflepuff? With us real, real well. I think, I think the fans have a connection. Especially uh -huh. with me being the... The funny one. The funny one. <laughs> and the nice one. <laughs> Although I did make fun of Dudley earlier. Uh, riding, uh, running on a treadmill. With, with cake. a cake. With a cake on a fishing on a line. A shout out to all our friends across the country. Particularly Jennifer in California. And Anastasia now in Connecticut. In the village. And then to Arizona. And then back to the provincial life of the small village <laughs> that she lives in. <laughs> in Connecticut, and Kelly in New York, who's also a fellow COVID survivor. Antibodies. Uh, like whoop, She whoop. got antibodies for days! <laughs> and uh, shout out to everybody uh, around the, uh, I was going to say around the country, but around the world, Jess. <gasps> around the world. Around the world. You know, we've got listeners, international. Going international, baby. Yeah. And uh, shout out to our friends at uh, the People's Trivia Company. As uh, we get set in a couple hours here for when we're recording this for another exciting round of trivia. Woo -woo. Uh, follow them on Twitter uh, and on Facebook and especially subscribe on YouTube uh, because uh, they're trying to get to a thousand subscribers. I think they're like uh, approaching 900 pretty close. I think it was like 837. That's approaching 900, Jessica. And three is less than five, so you and round down. It's closer to 800. This this little back and forth that we have right here is the exact personification 
uh, in a bubble of the Ravenclaw voice <laughs> versus the Hufflepuff voice. You're like, I they want a thousand and I'm they're almost a, um, there. Um, I just want me, them uh, to be happy. Exactly, uh, I want them to be happy and have a thousand subscribers because that's what they want. That's what yeah. I just want what's best for the world. Some people just want to see the world burn. <laughs> and they're called Slytherins. Until Ooh, next time. Kelly's gonna get you tonight. I'm Dan Rhino. I'm Jessica Rhino. And we'll see you for chapter four. Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. Maybe Bye. things will really get going. Nah. <laughs> Bye.